I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, welcome back. On this episode, we are talking about unlocking opportunities, the pros and cons of partnering with a larger organization. And today we have Dr. Lance Knob back on the show, physical therapist, practice owner, he owns Breakthrough PT and Fitness in South Jersey. He's also working on and growing Denali Consulting. He and his practice have partnered with Active Pro Rehab, the parent company where they have made a partnership. We talked about a little bit of that on the previous episode we had Lance on the show. Dr. Lance, welcome back. Hey, thank you, man. Great to see you again. Absolutely. We're two South Jersey guys. I'm up here in Brooklyn, New York now, but from South Jersey, Maple Shade originally. And you're in, I always get it. Medford or? Correct. Yeah, Medford. Medford. Okay. So let's get into a brief catch up. If anyone in the audience hasn't listened or watched the the first episode with you, let's just briefly go into your practice, the size, the scale, around what time that you partnered with Active Pro Rehab. And then we're going to kind of get into some of the pros and cons of partnering and interacting with a large organization where either you still have some amount of equity and you are now working together in a joint capacity to grow the practice. Yeah. Hey, good to see you. And so great to be here. Looking forward to sharing some of my uh, story and experiences to help other healthcare entrepreneurs. So my wife and I are both physical therapists. And you know, after a few years of practice, we realized we wanted to, we thought we could do something better to improve the the offer to the world. So we uniquely wanted to bring physical therapy and fitness together. We started renting a 300 square foot space, the size of an average bedroom from a little boutique fitness center and, you know, grew and really, you know, within about a year ended up buying the fitness center, 6,000 square feet, one best practice in the nation from advanced magazines. So that was great because part of our model was having physical therapy, fitness, massage, personal training, sports performance, and those professionals all working together. And one thing I did not mention last time, but it's really one of my core messages and big story for me that I, I want to share to help other people. In 2011, we had about three offices. We had three offices, about 30 employees, and we just had our third child. So we had three children under the age of four. And at this stage of my development, I was working 80 plus hours a week, not sleeping much, not exercising much, totally 1000% abusing my body. And my body finally had enough and revolted. And my GI system, my digestive system stopped working completely. So I was either in the bathroom or embarrassing running to the bathroom. I had to see specialists, had to get an endoscopy, rule out cancer, celiac Crohn's, pretty rough, especially when I was wearing all the leadership hats, right? And still treating, you know, eight to eight, the business didn't have enough processes, didn't have enough other skilled people. So there was still a lot on me and I, I tried to power through, but it absolutely forced me to stop and pause, which was a good thing. And to get a little bit more personal development and then a little bit more of the business fundamentals in place and to integrate more lifestyle and healthy lifestyle uh, into my personal and professional development. So, so that, um, that was back yeah. in 2011. 
That was in 2011. Yeah. And, you know, we continued, you know, I continued to do those things and work through it all. And then we grew to five offices. And in 2018, you know, we really studied partnerships. And in 2018, one of our partners took over the CEO hat of a, you know, we're a five location company. And in 2021, being a, a company that was, that powered through the pandemic and doing well, a company from Central Jersey, North Jersey that had partnered with private equity had their eye on us as a platform company. And we initiated discussions in 2021 and came to a deal in November of 2021. And, um, even since we've spoken last now, when we partnered, we went from five to six locations. So when we partnered with the parent company, Twinborough slash active pro rehab, and then within the last 12 months, we partnered with, you know, technically acquired rehab excellence. So now our six plus their five, and we just opened an office in Cape May courthouse in the last uh, few weeks. So now we're 12 offices within our region and the parent companies continued to grow as well probably approximately 55 locations in total now. So it's, um, yeah, a lot of stuff happening, a lot of good stuff, a lot of fun, no lack of excitement for sure. Awesome. So tell us a little bit of the early days with even just speaking with a potential partner. Were you speaking with several or was it just active pro rehab? Like how did that come about? Were you guys seeking out partners or did they reach out to you? How did that, the initial contact go? Yeah, we were not seeking out partners. So one thing we might've touched on quickly last time was I recommend for all physical therapists and all industries, know the value of your organization. So know the valuation metrics so that you can grow it, right? You know, Dave, you mentioned this to me on our pre-call, like you're growing all your organizations that you're involved with, right? So you, cause you either grow or you die if you're not growing at a steeper slope than inflation and everything else. So, um, yeah, we were not, and that's a, a better position to be in. And, um, so then when we sat down and talked as well, you know, certainly if I was to entertain anything, I was considering getting a broker and speaking to lots of people. So yeah, definitely know your value, be very deliberate and intentional who you sit down with, because once you do start having conversations and especially if you're going to share your financials, and even have these conversations about your strategy, because I believe that your plan and your strategy is actually the crown jewel of your business. It's your most valuable asset. So when you start having these conversations, you are really exposing yourself. So you want to know that you want to go down that path. You know, I'm speaking to a, a man with an electrical business right now, $10 million electrical business. And yeah, especially here's a real pearl. Once you uh, do a letter of intent and you start what they call due diligence, Accounting and legal fees are going to happen on both sides of the equation. And this is probably going to be in the tens of thousands of dollars. So you need to be committed to going down that path before you really sign a letter of intent and start doing some of this. And, you know, what I would recommend is if you don't want to get caught up in some of these resources, just by email, be careful, maybe not to get on the phone unless you're serious and not to have in-person meetings. Just ask what I did over the years was ask people how they were valuing their companies. So I knew from James Glenn Sr. way back in 2004, 2005, that physical therapy practices were valued at 1.0 to 1.1 times revenue or three to five times EBITDA. And over the years, again, just from these email exchanges, I saw that go up to four to six. And then I knew after the pandemic, right, you better than me, that there was just so much capital available that the multiples were, were high for healthy businesses. 
Got it. Yeah. And in terms of valuations and all that, it's, it's certainly, you know, ebbs and flows and ups and downs, and it depends on interest rates and, you know, how many competitive buyers are out there and how many of the buyers are competing for practices like yours. And, and then, you know, then you have more power because then you can kind of potentially, if you were, then you could speak to potentially like multiple partners at the same time or multiple prospective partners. So how about either, I don't know if you want to touch on the the process of going through like the due diligence and actually completing the process, because I think we talked about that on the first time, or do you want to kind of skip ahead of like, you guys are then partnered, they acquire a majority control, but you and your wife, you're still retaining some amount of equity and the back end of the the pros and cons or after the partnership and maybe their resources, their help, their or coaching or, or things like that, like things that, you know, you realized or experienced after the transaction. Sure. So yeah, definitely like flashing forward just a little bit into working together and combining it what, with what the private equity partner who joined our conversation, you were kind of asking who, who spoke to us, you know, so one of the private equity partners joined us initially uh, together with Drew Latsis and what Andy said to us was, what we have to offer is capital and resources, right? And most small businesses run out of cash, right? Cash flow is the reason for their failure. And we all know the you know, the stats are pretty abysmal on success rates for small businesses. You know, Michael Gerber, I use his stats really 80%, you know, fail in the first five years and don't get too excited because 80% of that 20% fail in the next five years. So that's 96%. So it's David and Goliath out there. It really is tough. So having capital and resources can be great. And part of those resources are experience, knowing people, you have experts behind you to really make sure that, you know, the next gut punch that you just didn't see coming, like a a pandemic, that you'll be able to get through that. So those are some of the, just the, the big things that, you know, were presented even in discussions and then working together, if you remember, you know, so all of our partners, we still have equity in the new joint venture and um our roles now jody and i you know jody was primarily involved in bookkeeping and human resources so that was really handled by the parent company right so she's you know and she didn't love those roles anyway for me i was a treating therapist last time we spoke 6 hours a week and in 2021 i've continued to put so much efforts into denali and coaching and consulting that i'm really only seeing one patient right now so you know practically none so i'm really uh, putting my full efforts on on coaching and consulting and having a blast and i'm doing that with actipro rehab i'm coaching the ceo and the regional directors and some of the c level executives and some of the even the managers so that's kind of my role and then our team is wearing all the leadership hats so we've got our vice president and then Nick Nolan, who's our director of operations, is our regional director. And um, yeah, the rest of our team continues to do more and bigger things. So as far as pros and cons, and one thing I didn't mention last time for the owners out there listening and you know, considering this, you can you should definitely I recommend sharing your your goals and your vision, having really clarity on your vision, because just like for me, you can create some win-wins. And during these conversations, if the groups that you're speaking to are good listeners, and for me, they knew leadership was important and it would be important to have, you know, leadership programs throughout. So, you know, me being involved from a coaching standpoint is an example of a win-win. So you can kind of design your future, right? Tim Ferriss type language, really, you know, lifestyle by design. 
because most commonly those owners are going to be regional directors, right? So you'll still kind of, you know, be the leader of your team. And you may all of a sudden go just like from us, some six to 12. And that's pretty exciting. And by the way, that, that four X our value, you know, three and a half to four X our value. So that's amazing. And that's stuff that we were just percolating on, but we didn't really, you know, have the knowledge and capital to know that just through some acquisitions, we could 400% our value. So that's pretty exciting. And, you know, some of the other groups. Yeah, it is incredible. So Mike Mafucci became involved on the C-suite level and Carl Gargiulio is he is the regional director. So there's there's opportunities. And we just mentioned Amit Aglani, who I know you talked to, and that'll probably be really soon. So with his uh, organization, he became, again, involved on in the parent company executive level. So, um, and then someone else actually then filled his role, right? One of his amazing team members got to basically be the operator and run his region. So it was a win for everyone. Got it. So now it's been, depending on when your partnership happened in 2021, it's been about two years now. Right now, as you probably know, a lot of practice owners across the country having a huge challenge with hiring, with recruiting and hiring and yeah. and getting new team members, getting top talent, attracting top talent for their practice. Are there things with Active Pro Rehab where they're helping on the recruiting and hiring side? Or is it more of you have maybe some specialist or or, or some formula that, that maybe you're kind of disseminating into Active Pro Rehab and, and putting into the parent company? Yeah, no, we definitely have resources with, you know, experts in, you know, recruiting top talent, you know, involved like full-time efforts. And this was actually one of the biggest pain points over the last 24 months. We were down on therapists, you know, just like most organizations, like you said. And, you know, even within the last two months, it's great to see that we're actually, all that's reversed. And we actually have more candidates than the organization has opportunities. So good for us. And the breakthrough region specifically with our brand and our reputation, you know, including clinical expertise and passion, we have never really been down through these times. So um, definitely all of your good work in having quality outcomes and a great reputation in the community and with physicians, it will all contribute to, um, you know, you need great providers, right? And in business terms, you need revenue generators. So um so those little things will will help you in the long term. Got it. And and yeah, shout out to Ab, uh, Mika Aglani and uh, and Alliance PT Partners because I've had so I met recently, and then I also had Richard Lever and uh, Steve Tolger from Alliance on the show in the past several months. And one thing with Alliance, because I want to hear a little bit more about Active Pro Rehab, and again, some of the probably a lot more of the supporting benefits and positives of what they do and, and how they help you. But with Alliance, they have their own electronic medical record, for example. So they don't have to have their partners. They have to obviously transition over to their like in-house EMR and they do orthotics. They do, uh, they have a whole bunch of in-house either products or services or efficiencies or areas of cost savings that they offer for, you know, I don't get anything from it, but um, obviously it's like a a little bit of a, a pitch for Alliance, but they have services and support and they have areas that other partners or other buyers you know, don't offer other things with Active Pro Rehab where, so it's like the human capital, you mentioned the ability for your team to grow into the organization. You mentioned um, Active Pro Rehab with their capital and their experience and their resources. What are some of the other things that they either have assisted you with, or they could assist you if you had some other areas of weakness and maybe you're strong in those areas, but what are some things that other practice owners would be, you know, interested in hearing um, 
like where they offer value add. Yeah. Well, I think you actually said it with human capital, right? And, uh, you know, Andy, the private equity partner from Beekman talked about capital and resources, but Drew Latsis really understands human capital. And I do believe it's kind of like Marcus Limonis of the profit people process product. And I, I think as much as I love processes and systems that people are actually your greatest asset and your, your team. And one thing I struggle with when I heard Marcus Limonis say your team was actually more important than your clients, your customers. I really had to think about that, but that's where I would actually land. And it's, it's a small difference, right? Cause they're both important, but your team is extremely valuable. So, um, you know, Drew has invested significantly in some like personality profile indexes, some really sophisticated tests for us to get to know ourselves and to yeah, those, those are exp- those are expensive. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I still need to take mine, but the you know really the the people in the day to day have all taken that and are using that and have this internal language um, among each other and are considering that in decisions. So that's really been fun to see. And um, even with me specifically, right, having me develop their people you know, regional directors is who I started with and Kim McKay, a really excellent uh, chief operating officer. So to, you know, she's been very focused on operations. And when she really stepped back and looked about things, she wanted to learn more marketing. So it was fun for me to help broaden her horizons. And she's the number two person when, when our CEO is, is away on vacation or just not available, she's stepping in. So for her to learn a little operations and a little finance, makes the team more valuable, right? And our, you know, CEO Drew can sleep easier at night and not be, you know, disturbed, have a life because that's not easy, right? And we've grown to a 600 person team that is pretty significant, right? And, and requires a lot of arms and legs. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that getting each person to develop leaders, right? So developing themselves, because the process I mentioned to you earlier is really what I put into my book process, the 4% breakthrough, when I got sick, fortunately it was temporarily. So personal development and then business fundamentals and then lifestyle are really the three sections in my book that I want to pay forward to all other entrepreneurs. So, and for the physical therapists, healthcare practitioners, if you check that out, each chapter is a step. So it's a step-by-step process that you can actually uh, use to stay healthy personally while you're scaling a business. And this is a major problem with burnout, but also to create a company that's a valuable asset where you'll get paid commensurate for the roles you have along the way. You're in double digit profitability beyond that. And then you could, you have a valuable asset that you can either keep your profit generating machine and and create a self-managing company, which I was fortunate to do in 2018, or you can, um, you know, sell part of all of your profit generating machine for a premium. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. How about your roles and responsibilities? So you are a physical therapist, a practice owner, it was three locations or four when you partnered. It was five. five. Yep. And now six. But when you Correct. partnered and, and sold some amount of equity, it was five locations. Correct. So at that point, you said that you were, when you went through the partnership and the transaction, you were treating some on initially, right. but then on the back end, you were treating significantly less. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I was already treating uh, 10 hours a week. So I, I stayed at that level during you know the transition just for a couple of months, just to make sure everything was, was good. And then I continued to do what I had been doing over a couple of years of really doing less and less patient care and, you know, doing more and more coaching and consulting, serving more leaders and entrepreneurs. 
So how much of that was either in an employment agreement and specifically with like roles and responsibilities? Because you're now doing Denali Consulting, you're you're writing books, you're you're doing other stuff that could be totally unrelated. I know your brain could be, you know, it operates in both worlds, but in a way it seems a little independent of of the physical therapy practice. So are there and more of a question for practice owners listening, like if they were gonna enter a partnership with someone like this. How much of this, the, the roles and responsibilities on the back end for you after the partnership, how much of that was ironed out? How much were you, you know, letting them know that you're looking to significantly decrease patient care and what exactly do they expect of you? And how much do you have to be after the transition, after the first year or two, now, now we're coming up on the second year. So how much of that was laid out in an employment agreement? All that I'm assuming should have been or would have been communicated. And is there, are there any, or has been there any tension around, you know, Hey, Lance, you know, we would really, we really need you more with these new hires or these other executives or in the office with culture and morale and the team, as opposed to you going off with Denali and writing books and all this other stuff. Am I off base here with that question? Or is it something that like, it's it's a great question. It's all been like communicated up front. Yeah. A great question because he has so much opportunity for so many things to go wrong, right? Most communication is miscommunication. However, fortunately, we really communicated well in advance, right? And I'm a big advocate for trying to get it right from the beginning, right? It makes me think of my accounts receivable days when I had to dive in and I would sit there with our, our people. And when we would get a denial or whatever, we'd always say, you know, let's reverse engineer this and get it right from the beginning so that we can get those first pass payments and, you know, all that fun stuff figured out. But yeah, through many conversations, that's how we landed with the roles that I have And um, I had complete freedom to continue to do what I was doing as far as decreasing clinical hours and focusing more on helping other leaders. And, um, you know, we have had all these plans of me applying my passions to the organization. And, um, you know, like I'm helping to identify things like remote therapeutic monitoring, which is a major opportunity to improve our product, right? You know, it started in the physician world with remote patient monitoring. And, you know, now with physical therapy, there's an app that Medicare actually pays for. So I don't know if you're familiar with this or this could help you, but for people to actually have a little more compliance in their home program, use the technology. So it's going to be a little less visits in the clinic, but patients are going to have better outcomes in less time and that's reimbursed. So, you know, I've identified that in the world and sharing those kind of opportunities with leadership, you know, just a single opportunity of how you know, it's a win-win. So really amazingly, yeah, no friction on that because I was very clear on what my goals were. And um, just this week, like human resource person that we're considering involved in like the interviewing process. So it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, some of the things you're teeing up actually haven't been an issue at all, amazingly, but very easily they could. Because yeah, I mean, I, and I guess for our listeners, right, this is more of the reason to, create leaders, right? In John Maxwell terms, like have leaders creating leaders. And that's how you get exponential growth. Because for me, right, even going kind of quote, two levels down to our director of operations, they're the what's typically the CEO, the operator of most organizations. So for me, I'm gravy and our our CEO is kind of gravy. So we have this extra juice really allowing us to do bigger, better things, grow faster. Yeah. And, and you're obviously more valuable to your organization if you are working on the human capital side and as like in 
leadership as opposed to treating patients. Yeah. So that during the transition, you said 10 hours a week. How long was that? I'm sure that was stipulated. Was that for six months? Was it for a year? Like, and, and was it, you know, was it two, five hour shifts? Like, how was that specifically? Yeah, I think it, I was approximately doing like two, five hour shifts at the time. And really my request was, you know, nothing was, we didn't spell this part out in writing because we just had good trust and communication. But, you know, the request for me was during the transition, two or three months to just continue, you know, that schedule and that amount of hours. So really maybe like November, December, January, I continued that just to make sure everything was going well and that I wasn't, you know, the, the visual from our team and the feeling from our team was, okay, Lance is pulling back and doing less. So I did the same and make sure we were stable and healthy and everything was going well. And then continued to, um, you know, spread my wings and also just to help the leadership throughout the organization. Got it. What are some, in terms of the partnership, any other areas, like maybe it was, uh, you mentioned accounts receivable or coding or billing or things like that. I, I know some, yeah. uh, it was, it was Michael Gorman. He sold seven locations. He was on the show months ago. He sold seven locations, St. Louis physical therapy. He sold his seven locations to select medical. And now, you know, select medical has, I don't know what it was like a thousand locations or something. And they have like the hospital contracts. So right. if you sell to select, they know they can model out, you know, with financial models, they know yeah. that whatever your average reimbursement is like, because they have the hospital affiliations, yeah. They know the system. They know the game. They they get higher reimbursement per visit because of these affiliations with these hospitals and, and health centers. So they knew when they acquired Michael Gorman's seven locations that whatever his average reimbursement was, and I can't recall the number, but they knew it was, you know, another, I don't know, 10 or something, you know, dollars per visit. Sure. So they were able to, you know, model that out. Yeah. Are there, that's, are there, that's a are big there, part of things for sure. Yeah. Reimbursement is significantly better. You know, let's just say, you know, 10 to 20% better. And um, yeah, that's definitely real dollars, right? That will go to the bottom line. So there's reimbursement on the accounts receivable side. Yeah, I mean, we've got at our headquarters, our corporate office in Central Jersey in the Cranberry area, you know, we've got people on site and the accounts receivable team that's been assembled is amazing. And using, you know, the software that we're using, we're using Raintree software and they're, the most sophisticated on the back end, they're really, you're really able to see the numbers in incredible ways and slice them. Their front end is improving and we're giving them feedback. So um, definitely some room for improvement on the front end and, you know, even having access to everything as a large organization, you know, our, our health insurance people are, are in the process of giving us quotes to save us hundreds of thousands of dollars we switched from paychecks to ADP and again, just have their platform and, you know, their technology now where we've got our processes living on there and the org chart and structure. So people can, things that I've been helping with, so people can more clearly know who to go to for what, right. To create all these efficiencies so we can be more streamlined and um, better. How about on the marketing side of things is, I mean, I, you got, you had the five locations, you and your team and Breakthrough was already very well known in the South Jersey area. That was one reason yeah. you didn't change the name. You actually said in, in the previous episode that you probably wouldn't have done the deal if Active Rehab wanted to change yeah. to a different brand name or something like that. So yeah. you probably already have you know the the marketing figured out. But is there anything from your partnership with Active Pro Rehab where they are helping with I don't know Facebook ads, Google ads, or any other yeah. marketing components? Or you guys like you didn't need any marketing help? 
No, that's a great question. Um, marketing and strategy is a passion for me. And for physical therapists, like small business owners in all industries, generating leads is the most common pain point. And uh, this is also into the coaching consulting industry, right? So it's really prevalent. And I've helped you know, Drew and the organization create a marketing business plan and to make it come alive. And when I'm working with Drew, we're looking at this on a monthly basis and we are measuring the what's working and what's not working. And we, you know, Drew really had some connections and really believed in digital marketing and, and made significant investments in that. And that it was a lot more than Breakthrough had been doing. You know, we were doing some SEO and, you know, we were largely organic. So we definitely put more efforts in that and moved away from, um, you know, and advanced our website, which had been on another platform, which is always dangerous when you're on somebody else's platform. It's almost like software just to be, you know, transparent. Like we had used WebPT or a clinician in the past and the rates, you know, significantly increased, almost doubled. And we, we really acted quickly and actually moved in a short period of time, which is painful. But when you're on other people's platforms, you know, that's a risk you take. So, um, yeah, but you're, but, but you're still on Raintree's platform. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, what Alliance did, that's, that's great. I really applaud that and love that. And to go back to your last question, workman's comp is an area where the organization has a lot of expertise and we never really pursued that. And, you know, workman's comp and motor vehicle is a little bit recession proof. So it does make sense. You know, we were, you know, one or 2%, right. Of our payer mix. So bumping that up a little bit is definitely strategic and makes sense. And, and, and so- it can be good, good and bad yeah. because it's higher yeah. reimbursement per visit, but you have to wait to collect that cash longer, right? Like sometimes up to a year or maybe even longer. Yeah. With the like motor for, vehicle for that, for that settlement and that claim for that yeah. claim to, to complete. Yeah. With the motor vehicle part. Yes. And so for marketing, yeah, they've, you know, the parent organization, uh, the affiliation partnership we have is nudging us along on some digital marketing things and really making that investment. And, um, myself and our team is actually really sharing some grassroots stuff, which I'll share with you now, because, you know, when we went best practice, 70% of our patients were from non-physician referrals. And in any industry, you know, there's some low hanging fruit that you can get. So we really love to emphasize our current clients raving and, you know, referring to us. So we called that a patient referring patient if they were an active patient and, you know, we actually kept track of that and incentivized and encouraged our therapists, right? When Mrs. Smith was in with a knee replacement, her husband had back pain, her son had a sports injury, um, you know, her cousin, everyone has aches, pains, balance problems. That's all opportunities. And we just want to serve the world. And we were confident enough and good enough to use direct access. We told them to come right in. And then, you know, we called it refer of friends for patients who graduated, right? I think I saw the headline on one of your episodes. Well, I don't know why physical therapists ever came up with this term discharge, right? Especially yep. our model of fitness, we look at it as a continuum. So right. no matter where people enter, we want to move along the continuum from left to right. We look at it as a dotted line between physical therapy and fitness. So when you've got you know, people doing fitness membership, personal training, sports performance, massage coming in your doors, they're going to have aches, pains, balance problems that need quick expertise, you know, just this morning, just this week working out, one of our personal training clients was having some back pain and we did a consult. Somebody who's a personal training client and also a business client of mine, shout out to Jim Johnston, who's 81 and growing his swim club. And uh, God bless. And, yeah. He's growing at a hundred percent. He's like Phil Knight. It's amazing. But you know, he was 
getting ready to open his, um, you know, the pools at his uh, beautiful location and did a bunch of deep squats and um, aggravated his knee. So, I mean, I, I did a consult on the spot and um, he's able to start physical therapy early and quickly. So yeah, taking advantage of that clientele that probably would be outside of the doors of a traditional physical therapy model is another thing we've done. So we've got these referrals, patients referring patients, and then all the little things, right? And even right now, I see our team re-emphasizing these and pushing them through the greater organization, like letters to doctors, right? The simple thing of a hand-carried letter, because the doctors are saying to us now, even with all these advancements in technology, that electronic faxes and software, they don't know how their patient's doing when they come back. So if you, what I used to, when I was interviewing physical therapists, I used to, to question, but also coach our prospects that they actually created the man because physical therapists would want to say, well, I can only be busy or productive if I'm given evals. I said, no, you actually participate in that process every day. I said, for example, when someone goes back to the doctor, right? If they're raving, if you actually have a, do an update, if you have a hand carried update and when they, they say they're going back to see Dr. Jones, you, you say, well, please give this to Dr. Jones directly. Do not give it to the secretary. Do not give it to the nurses. Do not give it to the nurse practitioner and let Dr. Jones know how happy you are and thank him for making the referral to breakthrough. And I mean, so, this is so, a little stuff that goes so, so far. Grassroots, bootstrap, baby. And it still works. Just to get a little tactical, I want to follow up on yeah. that. So you're giving yeah. the handwritten letter, a thank you, a handwritten thank you letter to the physician, but you're having the patient drop it off with, no, with that it's not, visit? It's actually just doing what we're supposed to do. It's their update. When they're going back to the doctor, if you were the one that referred him to us, it would be, you know, this is how I'm doing. This is my progress report. It's that simple. It's just actually doing what we should be doing as physical therapists, communicating to either the referral source or at least when they're going back to a specialist, letting them know how the patient is coming along. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you had the five locations and now six locations. What's the plans in the next uh, 12 to 18 months? Are you guys opening more locations under the breakthrough brand or other of the brands in the New Jersey area? Yeah, definitely in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I mean, if anyone's looking for great partners, for sure, talk to me and uh, the Twinboro Active Pro team. You know, the breakthrough region, I don't think we have plans for significant growth, but definitely talk to us. But the uh, the organization in general, definitely still looking for high quality physical therapy teams and partners that really want to be evidence-based and um, grow from doing all the little things, just really, you know, having time with your patients, being able to do manual therapy and uh, provide an outstanding world-class product. So definitely still room for some growth for sure. And what is uh, Active Per Rehab's plans moving forward? Are they looking to do a little bit of DeNovo and some acquisitions and partnerships, or is it all partnerships and less the de novos or 50-50 or some combination? Yeah, some small, probably 10 to 15% de novo, like Cape May Courthouse was is a de novo location. Got it. And on a previous episode, I either asked, I asked another practice owner similar to your type of situation, yeah. or I might have I even asked you directly. I can't recall. So if I did, let me know. But all good. I don't understand how there's like how more de novos can be popping up. Maybe it's because physical therapy, there's more direct access. There's more, it's more on, I don't know, Facebook and Instagram and physical therapists putting out content and videos. 
I don't know if you mentioned or if you answered this question on the previous episode, but how I don't understand, like, how are there more? There's there's, um, you know, Strive in, in New Jersey. They're opening up other locations that are de novos. There's other practices that are, you know, corporates that are opening up de novos. Motion PT Group over the past uh, several years, they were opening up de novos in the New York and New Jersey area yeah. and, and elsewhere. So how is it possible based off of like we're not having, you know, an, an explosion of population growth. So how could even active per rehab make sense of 10 to 20 percent more growth via de novos as opposed to acquisitions and partnerships? I understand the acquisitions, which is like if we were going to partner with you or another practice, yeah. like they've been around, they have a, yeah. you know, a, a brand name, a word of mouth. They have a previous patient list. You can immediately market to yeah. the previous patients. How can we all make sense of more of these locations popping up when there's these constraints around hiring and reimbursement and, you know, the brick and mortar costs and all that, like where are these new avals and new patients coming from? Is it maybe it's the online marketing? I don't know. How do you make sense of all that? It's a great question. And I'm glad you're asking because this really just ties into business and marketing forces really. So it's a matter of probably a couple of things. It's just market share, right? And, you know, taking other people's market share. So if, if you're going to not keep your quality or not have great quality, people are going to choose the best providers. So you're simply going to take other market share. And then the other thing for physical therapists is we can serve more people. We can grow our market share. There's plenty of people who aren't being served by physical therapists who are being served by, you know, maybe chiropractors only, you know, or whatever, just aren't exposed to physical therapy. Their, their physicians are trying to do it themselves and just give people a paper home exercise program. So physical therapist is high value, high return on investment, as long as we do a good job. So keep doing a good job. And there's going to be more people in the communities that can benefit from physical therapy services. So I agree with all that. And I think another component is the current generation of anyone that's like using the internet right now, more people now are using things like Google and they're, they're searching for things. They're searching, they're relying less on maybe different from when you were in your twenties or thirties back then you go to your doctor, your physician, and it's like the word of God. And now it's like, People are like, what else is out there? What are these videos on Instagram and TikTok and all this? And what's dry needling? And, oh, yeah. I didn't know physical therapists could do this. Or what's this, you know, kinesio tape? Or, oh, physical therapists work for not just sports teams, but they work for, you know, club teams or, the, you know, this and that. So I think the internet and the the awareness of what we do is getting more and more exposure. And I think that would be another, there's, like you said, there's so many market forces. And that has to be a force in there where people are, either seeing videos of physical therapists of inside the offices of what they do. Tony yeah. Maritato has put out a lot of content of evaluating patients and he'll put like some or all the evaluation or the treatments uh, of the patient from inside his office. And he puts that on YouTube and he's got a big following and does a bunch of things. So the internet, Google, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all these online components helping raise awareness and attention for what we do in brick and mortar offices or what we do with home visits. Yeah. And I will just challenge all the physical therapists out there that they're, you know, we're not alone in doing this, right? People are growing their YouTube channels and um, it's competitive. I mean, colleagues slash competitors, chiropractors, athletic trainers, personal trainers, massage therapists, they would love to have more of our market share, just like we talked about. So physical therapists, no reason we can't work together. And I think that's a beautiful model. And we actually talked about that 
earlier about having some, um, you know, kind of integrated multidisciplinary healthcare. And I'm helping some, you know, physicians and healthcare people all over the country work on that. And that's going to be fun to try to figure out. However, physical therapists, we need to know our differentiating factors and where we really uniquely help people and um, be confident, use direct access and just serve with high value. And if somebody looks us in the eye, we should know how much that's going to cost and not be like buffered by insurance, right? And just say, oh, I don't know. I don't know what insurance is. You know, I always coached our people to say minimally be able to look people in the eye and and feel great about saying it's a hundred dollar per visit experience. And if we're not delivering that, that's on us for sure. Amen. Yeah. Perfect place to pause. Dr. Lance, what's a good place? So your book, the 4% breakthrough we mentioned in the previous episode, yep. you can check that out on Amazon, Denali Consulting. Let the audience know the website for Denali or where to contact you, email address, LinkedIn, uh, sure. or your personal website. Yeah, you can reach me at Dr. Lance Knob at DenaliConsultingTeam.com. And obviously the website is DenaliConsultingTeam.com. My social handles are Dr. Lance Knob. In most places, uh, reach out to me by email, send me a message on any of those social platforms. And um, yeah, look forward to helping you. For anyone who's wanting to move into private practice, there's still a great time to do that. If you're looking for a partnership, you know, I know Dave is doing amazing things and really helping physical therapists. You might want to have a, a bigger you know, partnership, just like we're discussing. So talk to Dave, talk to me and um, anyone who needs a plan, you know, doesn't have a plan in place. Absolutely. Don't take another day. You need to have a plan in place or, you know, unfortunately it would be part of that 96% stat eventually. Right. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. If you are listening, watching, you find this valuable, insightful, helpful in any way, subscribe to YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Dave Kittle show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. We'll catch you next time here. And Dr. Lance, thank you. Okay. Thanks. Talk soon. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.